that we all want to be seen, heard, and recognized. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. A good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to We're Only Human. I'm Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad to have you here with us today. We're going to have a tremendous conversation because we have not one, but two amazing guests here with us. We're going to be talking about performance and engagement and culture and all those kinds of things, how to bring those things together and create better impact, better results in the workplace. And so I'm really looking forward to this in the the pre-show back and forth. We were, we were all laughing together and cutting up, so it's going to be a fun conversation. I have Abby. Hamilton here with us and Shane Metcalf. And before we get started, I'm going to let both of you take a second and tell everybody who you are and what you do. Abby, would you like to go first, please? Sure. Thanks for having me, Ben. I'm Abby Hamilton. I'm the chief people officer at a company called Live Intent. We are in the ad tech MarTech space, and I am based in New York City for work, though live in New Jersey with my family. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us, Abby. Shane, how about you, sir? Yes, yeah, uh, Shane Metcalf. I am a co-founder of 15.5 and I'm our chief people officer as well. That's one of the fun things of being a chief people officer for an HR tech company is that we, I get to be one of our first customer. I get to think about the problems that I experience and the, the things that I'm trying to solve for and then help influence that for larger outcomes. I am also an executive coach and I really cut my teeth. Coaching was the first area that I, first time I, in my life that I felt like all the weird disparate paths I'd taken clicked together. And then that is ultimately what actually led me to meeting my co-founder, David Hassel, and joining 15.5. And I think one of the things that I really love about 15.5 is that it is like a coach. It uses questions to have better conversations. And um, we can, I'm sure we can get into that in the future. Absolutely. I used that phrase to someone the other day, actually, because they were trying to figure out how to overcome this one challenge. And I, I said, hey, you actually asked a really good question. A good coach doesn't tell you the answer. They ask you the question so you find the answer yourself, right, Shane? So that's absolutely a part of this bigger conversation around how people perform at work. What can we do to not just manage their performance, but enable their performance? So fine stuff. So speaking of performance, Abby, I'd love for you to kick us off. How would you describe the performance management approach to your company? In, in one sentence or a few words, like how would you describe that situation as it exists today? Sure. Great question. I would say it's the process of reviewing performance, coaching, and planning for the future. We formally repeat this process twice a year, though I truly believe it should be continuous and ongoing. So two sentences technically, but I think summarizes it well. You know, you know what? You're out. We're kicking you out now. Two You're already breaking the rules, Abby. Come on now. <laughs> I love that though. I've, one of the things that I've seen, and I would love to get, get your take on this before I jump over to Shane, I'd love to get your take on this. One of the things that I've seen in my history working in and around the HR field, first the practitioner and now as a researcher, is that of all the things that we get to put our hands in, performance is the one that's constantly evolving. There's always something else we can change or tweak or this other knob we can turn or that dial we can adjust, trying to figure out how to improve what's coming out of that. What's your sense of that? I agree with that wholeheartedly. 
And for each of our performance management cycles, the formal documented ones I highlight that we do through 15.5, we change them each time because there are some things that work and some things that land and some things that don't. And also each six months, the company may be in a slightly different position. So where do we meet people or how do we meet people where they are and the company where they're at the moment to bring out the, the best and, and the truth in that moment? I love that. That's a great visual there, bringing both those things together. So Shane, one of the things I'll ask you, right? You mentioned early on already that you're part of the team of 15.5, but you have that, that enviable position of being a chief people officer at this technology company that serves other people leaders. And so I'd love to hear from you. Your days are spent in and around the technology. You've already leaned on that a little bit when, a little bit in your intro, but I'd love to hear from you. How does that tech piece fit into the culture? Because you and I both know that the answer to a problem isn't hitting the on switch, right? It's building the culture foundation. It's putting the things in place to structure and all the other fun things. Talk about the interaction and intersection of those, if you don't mind, around this conversation of performance. Culture is connection. What are the ways that people are interacting and what's the quality of those interactions? And so when we think about integrating technology into culture, we're really looking at how do we create better feedback loops? How do we get the system and the the ecology of our companies to be more interactive with each other, to have these feedback loops so we can learn and ultimately keep growing healthy soil and healthy organisms and healthy plants. And the way we do that is through feedback cycles. And human beings, we have varying degrees of competence on this. Depending on our emotional intelligence, we're going to have high quality or low quality feedback loops with the people that we interact with just simply by being in their presence and you know being in dialogue and having conversations but in general humans are bad at consistency around these things and so technology can play a really cool role of automating and uh, ensuring these feedback loops are actually happening so that's why in the week the check-in part of the platform it's like hey ask your people on a regular basis how they're doing and what challenges they're facing and what's going well and document those things because it then encourages deeper introspection as well as prospection, thinking about the future. But then you get to bring that insight to your manager on a regular basis. So you're having more meaningful dialogue when you're actually meeting on a Zoom or in person. And those feedback loops can then improve the quality of the larger, the biannual performance review where you already have a pretty rich data set that you can draw from and you're not starting the conversation of, oh man, I haven't thought about this person's performance in six months. It's no, you've actually been in high quality dialogue the whole time. And then it, it's a little easier to, to zoom out and take a bigger picture of, okay, where does this person want to go? What does their career development look like? What is the blockers that I think they need to overcome in order to go to that next level of leadership competence. And again, technology just make, can facilitate these better conversations. Yes. Awesome. I love that. There's a, one of the big principles that I, that I always touch on when I'm talking about technology in and around the people space, whether it's for hiring or for managing or for trying to get a pulse of what people are thinking in the business, any of those things, I say the technology is not a replacement for the human. It allows us to have more human conversations with them. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Kind of things we're talking about there. So that's fun it, to hear. And I heard something, a great conversation on AI yesterday, and they were saying of like, when automation and AI replaces a human being, we're going to feel really bad. But when automation and, and 
AI can augment humans and give us more insight and connect the dots for us, that's when we're going to be empowered. And that's, I think, where technology is moving us. And, and there's so much data in HR that I think we're, we're just beginning to scratch the surface of being able to connect the dots between things like engagement and performance. So the audience can't see your faces, but I can see your faces. And when you mentioned a minute ago, hey, reviews are coming up next week. What do I think about this person's performance? Abby smiled pretty big because I think she's probably seen that happen once or twice. I know that I have. And so that process, when it's managed that way, when the managers lean into it that way, it feels very transactional. And Abby, I'd love to hear from you. How, what does it take to take it beyond that? Just I'm doing this because HR told me to do it, to create this really vibrant practice that enables people to achieve more things at work. That, that's just a beautiful question, Ben. I just love that frame. I just have, have to say. It is so good. And I think Shane touched on some of this already in that it's ongoing dialogue with those meaningful touch bases. And this is what I also really like about the technology that we use. So we use the 15.5 platform for our weekly check-ins as, as well. And at the top, there's a simple rating of one to five. How am I doing? How am I feeling this week? And people will pick their standards. There are some that are threes every week, some are fours every week, some are fives every week. And if you see that dial slip or change a little bit, that something good or something maybe not so good happened this week. And maybe they've communicated that to you in your one-on-ones, but they may not have. And so then you can follow up and you can have a deeper, more meaningful conversation because the one-on-ones can easily become checklists and to-do lists. And so you have to be very intentional as a leader on how you're using that one-on-one time. And are you actually pausing to give the person on the other side a moment and give them their voice and their time to shine because they're going to follow our lead as leaders. And if you make the one-on-one about checking boxes and running through, where are you with this? They're going to follow that lead. And so what are the other ways you can get them to open up? Or maybe they just felt uncomfortable that day or didn't realize where something was with them, them mentally. So use those check-ins for, for that, but it also then gives you a moment to think about their performance and in a documented way, you can respond. You can even put private notes in there. I like doing that. And then looking back, I can't remember what I had for dinner last night, most nights. So trying to think back of six months of performance on someone is very difficult if you're not intentional about documenting documentation and um, really remembering the great things that they did along the way, not just the areas where they're not performing or not doing well. Those tend to be a little bit easier. Yes. You can pick those out pretty quickly. But what's interesting is people don't think about that. We always talk about uh, bias in and around different processes in HR, but when you wait and then at the last minute you say, oh, I'm going to do this. That's a form of bias. It's recency bias. Whatever happened most recently, you lean on it. So that must be you know, I'll extrapolate their performance out over this period based on what happened in the last week. And you forgot six months ago when they, they knocked that thing out of the park because you're, you're only thinking about what happened more recently. So I love that. Using the structure, I've talked to managers in the past, and Shane, I'm going to pitch this to you and get your take on this because you talked about coaching earlier. I've talked to managers in the past. I said, hey, if it helps you, set something on your calendar. I don't care if it feels structured and rigid and scheduled because it'll become a habit. If you set this habit to say, I'm going to give you some feedback. I'm going to talk to you about how you're doing. I'm going to ask a question and shut up and let you respond however you feel. Come into the questions piece. And at first it may feel a little mechanical and clunky because it's a new skill for them. But once they start doing that, they realize, hey, I'm getting, I'm having better conversations. We're going beyond the, what have you done for me lately? And we're talking about 
what can I enable you to be tomorrow? And it really creates better conversations in and around there. I'd love to hear from you. You mentioned coaching earlier. I think managers become managers because of how long they've stuck around or because of technical competency, not because they have coaching skills or putting them in those roles. What are your thoughts on that? How come you maybe be more intentional about it or guides for leaders out listening right now to help their managers be a little better at the coaching piece? Yeah. And, and I think we are in a sea change. I think we are witnessing the status quo of managers being taskmasters and saying, hey, I'm above you in the hierarchy. I, my authority is based on control. And you're going to, my management is going to be, make sure that you check the boxes and shifting into my role as a manager is a coach, is a man, is a mentor to help you go to the next level of your career and produce business results. And of course, business results are critical. We, as managers, we need to drive performance, but it's also looking at what do you want? What do you, what work energizes you and what work de-energizes you? What are your strengths? How can we cultivate those strengths into your superpowers? And how can we use those superpowers to master the problems of the business that we're facing? And that's a very different conversation because it, it shifts it from, I don't really care about who you are as a human individual and into, I'm here to help you be better. And so I think that there's a mindset shift that's, that needs to happen right there. Then I think that it's learning, oh, I can ask questions. It's okay. I can schedule feedback sessions. It does feel awkward at first, but then it gets actually really rich and meaningful. And I end up leaving the day feeling a deep sense of pride in the development of my team. So I think that there is practical ways of cultivating some of these coaching strengths. And look, there's a lot of education out there. It's part of why we actually, in addition to the technology platform, we're launching an education and coaching program because we know we, we need to provide the other side of the coin that we can't just give technology and expect that to be the entire solution. We need to change hearts and minds. We need to help managers understand there is a bigger and more meaningful role they get to play as a manager in our company. And part of that is as a company and as a HR leaders, us helping to set the stage of what we expect our managers to do. Hey, we don't want you to just yell at your people to get the job done. We want you to be interested in cultivating their strengths and understanding what do they really want out of their career and being a guide and a mentor on that path. If you had a mic, you could just drop it right now. Yours is mounted, so you can't drop yours, but that was incredible. I love that. I love it. Oh, goodness. I want to ask like 40 other follow-up questions after that. Yeah. And look, like this is a, there are easy skills to practice and there are templates you can follow. And one of the things that I love that we, you know, we out, out there both in the product and Abby, I'm curious if you guys have used this is the best self kickoff. And it's just a template that a manager goes through with a new direct report. And they both answer questions about what's their working style? How do you like to receive feedback? When do you know that you're on the edge of burnout or really stressed? And how can, like, how do you like to be treated and uh, supported in those moments? And both employee manager go through these and then have an in-depth dialogue around it as the foundation to that relationship. And it's a game changer because you really actually develop so much more trust because tr 
better conversations lead to more trust and more trust leads to a more efficient working style because you can challenge and you can debate and you can speak your mind when there's trust present and actually get to the better, the best possible decision. I haven't, Gene, but now I want to. Oh, it's, it's so, so cool. This afternoon's? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of those hidden gems in the platform that I think is one of the cooler things we've released, actually. Yeah. Awesome. That actually, I was going to kick it back over to Abby because one of the things she said earlier was, and I, this is a paraphrase, and I'll probably mess, mess it all up totally, but just something about helping someone bring their very best things they offer so the company can be the best that it that it can be essentially let's it's not about saying okay shane's got great but we just put up with abby no it's each one of them bring different things that make them unique and valuable and special to this organization how do we make sure that shane finds the things he's meant to do and meant to be possibly a radio host and how do we make sure that abby finds those things that she is meant to do and that she was like she was made for because she does it and it's effortless looking from the outside and it energizes her and other people get excited when she does that thing whatever it is and so abby i'd love to hear from you people out there listening right now it could just be some encouragement it could be here's the thing that we did that changed everything for us it doesn't matter to me what it is i'd love for you to give them a piece of advice because for a lot of the people right now you and i both know they're sitting out there saying, yeah, but we've got this process. Yeah, but we've got this form. You, you just don't know our form. And I'd love for them to take a step back and see this from bigger picture, whatever advice you might have or encouragement you might have there, I was hoping you could share. Yeah, it's not that complicated. We, we all want to be seen, heard, and recognized. And it's taking a step back and just asking, how are you doing? And, and not the quick, like walking by someone in the hallway, how we used to do. Hey, how are you doing? I, Hi, I didn't good, actually thanks. mean it. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Bye. Bye. See ya. Oh my God. My marriage is falling apart and my dog just died and my boss is totally. Yeah, yeah. So in reality, you do want to know if someone's going through that. So maybe you can support them slightly differently and help them bring out their, their best because people are going to remember how you made them feel. And that's not my wisdom, somebody much, much smarter and greater than me saying that, but it's true. So take a moment, see how they're actually doing, because that's going to matter a lot to them and help them bring out all of those great things that, that Shane was talking about. And that effort's going to go up and they're really going to be able to be their, their best selves, even when they're not doing so well. Sometimes just saying, hey, I, I think you need to take tomorrow and deal with that. Yeah. And I think it's really important when we talk about best self that we understand that best self isn't just happy self. Best self is authentic self. Best self is actually somebody that's in touch with themselves and is listening to themselves. And I think that work is we've been conditioned to lie about who we are and how we're doing in professional settings. And so we're, we have to de un like we have to recondition ourselves that authenticity can be a source of power and success. And, and I think we're collectively going through that and COVID accelerated that. And it's maybe in a bit of a messy middle, but I think that is where we're going is that the human beings, companies can actually be seen. What do you, what did you say, Abby? Be everybody wants to be seen, to be heard and Recognized. Recognized. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I wrote that one down. That's going to be the teaser for the episode. I love that. 
That's a great, that's a great soundbite, not just in itself, but as a reminder of one of those things you can, oh yeah, just a reminder, whoever I meet today, they don't want to just be seen or heard. They want all of those things. All of those and and what if we set the stage with our managers of saying, hey, congratulations, it's a high bar to be a manager. And your job, your primary job as a manager is to make sure that your people feel seen, feel heard, and are recognized for the good work they do. Boom. What, how dramatically would the world of work be if every single manager in the world started doing behaviors that actually produced that result? And that's not always good, right? That doesn't mean that everything's always roses and perfect. Being seen, heard, and recognized also means sometimes we have bad days and there are some things I don't do well and help me get better. Help coach me there, even when I already know the answer. Humans are messy. One of you said earlier in the conversation that this, a lot of the things we have to do in this space is one of the big things we have to do is changing behaviors, get people to see things differently. And if you made a list of the things that were very hard to do in life, that's one of the things at the very top, right? Getting someone to think differently about how they feel about this thing or how they connect to that person. We all think that the way we've been taught is the, the only way or the best way. And we get to un, unteach or unlearn some of those things over time as we're uh, getting out of that. I love thinking about it. I've never stopped to think about that through the manager perspective, but helping them unlearn that the only thing we care about is the results your team gets and whether you hit your numbers this quarter. But you know what? I want your team to hit their numbers next year because you took care of them today, not because you ground them to a pulp just to make sure we, we hit the short-term objective. Right? So really thinking about and caring about, and as you said, Abby, sometimes that's working with them through a tough time. We, we want to imagine performance is always perfect and nice, and it's not an easy thing to do. If it was, we wouldn't have these conversations. We wouldn't have all these questions. We wouldn't have managers that struggle to figure out how to make that click. It'd be so easy. And I think that's really where good technology can help augment. And like, I think of it as almost listening tech. A technology that can help us listen better and at scale so that we have more data and insight that we get to then bring our human intelligence to those issues. Yes. Awesome. Goodness. This has been so tremendous. Thank you both for hanging out, for sharing. I'm going to offer it up if you, if either you want to, uh, a way for the audience to contact you, connect with you, or a way to reach out. Obviously we can put a link in there to 15 fives, but we can learn more about some of the things that we've talked about today. Maybe something on the best self piece that you mentioned, Shane, some, some way for people to learn more about that piece of it, but anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up or a way for people to connect with you? Yeah, LinkedIn is the best place to find me and I'm pretty active. I go in uh, cycles of posting every day to, okay, I'm going to take two months off and not post at all. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get back in. LinkedIn is great. I also uh, check out our podcast, HR Superstars. And Abby and I and my co-founder have a great conversation that's about to be published. And we jam on a lot of these things as well. And for me, LinkedIn also, Abby Hamilton on LinkedIn. You can find me there best place to to catch up but thank you ben this was amazing to spend time with both of you and always a pleasure shane <laughs> i've had a blast thank you both for joining us to out there take some notes on this if you have to go back re-listen to some of those great not just one-liners but great big ideas that came out of this conversation i hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you next time on we are only human thank you so much for joining me on the show today i'm honored to have you as a listener if you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. 
After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com. Thank you.